0: Happy Thursday, everybody, and welcome to episode 71 of The Snyder Cuts. I am Collider's senior film reporter, Jeff Snyder, another year older, just turned 37. But thank God we have someone a little bit older than me. <laughs> it's the return of John Roca. What's up, everybody? How are you, buddy?
1: I'm good. Uh... I had
0: to razz you right off the bat.
1: No, no, I appreciate that. What else would I expect from Jeff Snyder player of the year? Uh, Listen, I, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm good. I'm, uh, you know, if anyone could bring me back, it was you, brother. So I'm excited to uh, sit down and talk with you about all these subjects and these topics. And uh, I'm older as well. And a few pounds heavier. I can tell now on the camera I had a conversation with my mom this morning. And she was just like, Johnny, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but maybe you need to lose a few pounds. So there you go. There you go. So I'm, so much
0: no i can't go outside the house I just have to watch movies <laughs> yep and
1: um all
0: right we have a jam-packed show today yeah. as john noted uh, before we came <laughs> on the air so let's dive right in and let's uh talk about what everybody is freaking out mm. about uh, today it just completely blew up last night while i was celebrating my birthday gina carano yeah fired from the mandalorian no longer employed by Lucasfilm. yeah uh, just spewing hate and bile for months and it all finally caught up with her. John, the only question I have, what took so
1: long? Yeah, it's a good question. Those of us in our little entertainment sphere bubble, we can get lost in forgetting that there are millions and millions of people who don't necessarily subscribe to the entertainment bubble. And for them, it was like, ah, she's got strong opinions. I just like what she does on the show, right? There are some people who can actually separate both. And I think Disney saw that they were making a lot of money off Mandalorian. They were probably making a lot of money off the uh, merchandise they had for Cara Dune. She was becoming a symbol for, for young girls everywhere about, you know, being strong. You know, she isn't the wayfish type. She's a strong built woman. Maybe there yeah. was a connection there as well. So I think Disney was just kind of hedging their bets until she finally said that one thing that was, uh, across the line for them of course for most of us the transphobic stuff was crossing the line but she apparently had to go a little bit farther before disney and lucasfilm finally took her out of the of the uh, of the mandalorian but jeff the statement i know you know about pr you you know many publicists you know how these statements are worded it was a very odd statement where disney said initially she's not work she's not employed by us she's not with us but uh, she's also been let go because of these statements rather than leading with the statements right. as the reason they kind of were kind of trying to cover their butts a little bit. What do you think about the statement?
0: Um, I mean, I thought it was fine. I guess it, it seemed like, a, like well, you know, if they're in between, in between seasons of production on Mandalorian, they could just say, well, we're not you know, we're not working with her at the moment, you know, she's right. not employed by us because, you know, no, everybody's in between seasons. Um, but I, I think it's a good thing that they clarified, like they have no plans to, to employ her in the future. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, her, obviously the, the, the trans stuff, which I'm, I'm very sensitive to, it was yep. always very troubling, but yeah, once you come after the Jews in this town, like last night, without some of the mm-hmm. anti-Semitic stuff she, she was putting out there, I just, I can't believe someone with that, job making you know this kind of money would just mm-hmm. sacrifice it all so that she could have her opinions uh out there about, about ridiculous things
1: yeah it's it, when you look at this situation that's what you got to come back to is like what gave her the feeling that Losing this job was not a big deal. I remember in the initial interviews for The Mandalorian, look, she was doing like straight to DVD crap. Let's be real. Yes, she had done the haywire thing, but that's Laura San Giacomo dubbing over her voice for the the entire movie. So it wasn't acting plaudits that she was getting for her work there. And certainly she wasn't big enough coming out of that movie where they were casting her in these massive films. Yeah, she was in Fast and Furious, but as one of the ensemble players in the background saying a few lines and what have you, she wasn't front and center like Michelle Rodriguez or Jordana Brewster. And so that kind of the thing you go, okay, she's still building career. And then she went straight to DVD, you know, with these weird action films that no one was watching. And Favreau plucked her out of that and said, I'm going to write this character for you. I'm maybe going to name it after you, Cara Dune, Carano. I'm going to name it after you and construct this. And she was so grateful. She was so happy in all these interviews and said how they taught her how to act. And they taught her that she could actually do this. And they gave her these opportunities. And for the most part, I thought she did a good job with the role. There were times where, yes, she's not that strong of an actress and you could tell, but overall, this was great what she did. So you're like, okay, this resuscitated your career. Most, stars die for moments like this to be a part of a franchise and make all this money but i think somewhere along the way she started to kind of lean towards the right with her political views and now i think she pushed it and pushed it and pushed it so they had to fire her so she could be a martyr do you think there were some issues behind the scenes that maybe she didn't want to be a part of this anymore
0: Uh, I I don't know about that although you know she certainly wouldn't be the first actor to be unhappy on the set of a a Star Wars production true very true Uh, THR's Aaron Couch reported last night that they've been looking for a reason to fire Gina Carano for uh, at least two months and that she was going to get her own show announced at the Disney Investor Day in December right until her you know she started tweeting some stuff in November Um, so it seems like this has been a long time coming Uh, as for where they go next You tell me, because I didn't finish The Mandalorian season two. Yeah, Uh, Is that character poised to return? And if so, who would you want to see replace Gina Carano? Well,
1: it's a good question. It seemed to me that they were lining her up to go be a part of the New Republic, um, essentially like the police force out there in the universe. So they could easily just say, Gina uh, Cara Dune has gone off and this is her next thing that she's doing. Uh, And they could occasionally mention her in conversation or whatever in the script. They don't have to adhere to her coming back necessarily. They laid the groundwork throughout the second season that she was going to go off and do this. And you're right. And I think the groundwork they were laying was to send her off into her own show and let her be the lead. And then of course her tweets kind of screwed that up for Disney Investor Day. So now they're like, well, they could easily write her off if they want to and just let her be out there and that's done and be done with it. I I think that's the route they're going to go. I think recasting, although it would be nice to recast a lot of people suggesting Lucy Lawless, which I think is a great idea. There's a number of other strong women you could probably put into that position, but I mean, um, Cara Dune is an unusual physical specimen. She's an, I mean, Gina Carano is an MMA fighter. So you've got to find somebody who kind of conveys that uh, ability to be uh, ruthless with her physical abilities and her weaponry. So I I think you're right, but they probably will just write that character off into the sunset. And if they want to have another strong female
0: character like her, probably just give her a different name.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't mean they can't revisit it down the road. Like maybe a few years when this all kind of dies down a little bit, they bring they recast Kara doing as somebody else, and they pick up the story from where they left off, and maybe cast an older actress to play that part. At that point, I think that's maybe the way they're going to go. Because I mean, it's written for her. Her name is literally in. There's no way to walk away from that mentally. So to me, it seems smart to just let this die down for a bit. If you're sure. going to come back to it all, yeah. Uh,
0: well, it was there was tons of other uh, you know salacious allegations and controversies. <laughs> Week we saw CAA drop Shia LaBeouf, or at least right. say that they're on hiatus from working for uh, with him while he you know goes and gets treatment. WME dropped Army Hammer. Yeah, uh, and everybody sort of waits for this supposed bombshell story to drop. Uh, you know, hmm. I heard that the LA Times might have been working on on something, but it may it may have been killed. And then the other thing uh, is Josh Whedon, and and all the yeah. allegations that came out about him this week. Like who knows? You know, if his agency ends up dropping him. Um, you know, you saw Michelle Trachtenberg come out and said that he was yep. inappropriate with her when she was a teenager. Uh, Charisma Carpenter sort of led things. Sarah mm-hmm. Michelle Geller weighed in. I'm not sure if we heard from Amy Acker. But where do you stand on the joss of it all?
1: Yeah, we talked about it on, on one of my shows on the Geek Buddies last night. Uh, we talked about Chris McCar- Carpenter's allegations. Uh, of course, standing with Ray Fisher. You can't you can't remove him from the equation. He's a part of this. Kind of is, in essence, by himself getting this ball rolling on Joss Whedon and Jeff Johns and, of course, uh, in the end, Walter Hamada as well, going after him. But certainly the Jeff, uh, the Joss Whedon of this was really the impetus for uh, Ray Fisher's anger about how he was mistreated. So Charisma took a little bit of, of time and then eventually told her story. She has alluded to this, uh, uh, I think, a couple of years ago, a few years ago in an interview, that there was someone who was high power that she worked with and blah, blah, blah. So now she's telling her full story. This is just like Evan Rachel Wood, who did say Marilyn Manson's name when she was first making these allegations it was just only recently this week I think as well that she spoke about the abuse she suffered so you see all this stuff you hear all this it's pretty um difficult uh, to read uh and Jeff uh look You know, full disclosure, you and I know what it's like to work in toxic work environments. It's not a positive situation. Someone's constantly threatening your job all the time. It's not a positive thing to be involved with. And the way she spoke about it, it really can mess with you. Yet you need the job. You got to pay bills. You're an up and coming actress because she moved over from Buffy into Angel and she said, you know, it was just I felt this need to please this man, even though he was abusing me. He's disrespectful of my religious beliefs. He went after me for becoming pregnant, even though we try to tell him she I was pregnant for quite some time and he wouldn't pick up the phone or return emails. We were trying to let him know all this stuff. So clearly, I think this is the final nail in the coffin of Joss Whedon. I think we won't see him anymore. Just like we're not seeing Brian Singer for a while either. Hopefully it never but we're seeing this and I think this is what has to happen all and sadly one black man pointing this out clearly wasn't enough all these white women had to come forward to support him to finally put the nail in the coffin I think in Joss Whedon and certainly Sarah Michelle Geller, that's a strong statement she issued and Michelle Trachtenberg. Really unsettling, sad statement that she issued. uh, uh, You know, because if you start throwing that in, Jeff, there's a lot of tentacles to the ugliness of his behavior on set. I mean,
0: I was talking to a friend about this last night, and and Mm. I would say, I mean, Joss, you know, clearly uh, abuses his power and has for some time. Yeah. I I mean, the fact that this guy directed the Avengers and then Age of Ultron, right, and then didn't didn't work. Like something happened.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: but I think it's dangerous to sort of conflate the Ray Fisher stuff with these allegations. Because, well, she
1: said, I stand with Ray Fisher on well, her post.
0: I mean, yeah, she, she said that. And yeah. I don't, But I don't really know if she did herself or, or that sort of like a disservice by, by saying it. Really? Okay. I mean, to me, like there, there's a sexual component, obviously, it seems like in, in mm. some of you know the allegations everything that happened yesterday yeah whereas you know ray fisher's a guy it's not like joss whedon was like touching him inappropriately on set or making him feel sexually uncomfortable i I think what joss's thing is is that and i think what ray fisher's thing is is like he maybe took it as like a racial thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or but like ray fisher maybe maybe it does lend credence everything that happened yesterday does lend credence to the ray fisher argument yes at the same time this is a guy who who was uh, uh, basically a no name stage actor, and mm-hmm. that may be why Joss Whedon picked on him or, or felt he could get away with certain things. It wasn't that he was black or or, or whatever; it's that he's a a no name actor with very little power on that set compared mm-hmm. to Gal Gadot or uh, you know Ben Affleck, whoever it may be. Um, wait, so it, wait, it bolsters his case, but I, yeah. I don't think it's the same situation
1: at all. I, I well, of course, it's not in terms of the sexual aspect of it. No, of course, you're right. But it certainly speaks to a man swaggering amongst the set, thinking that he can denigrate people, thinking that he can speak in such negative ways towards women and people of color or dismissive ways. Now, you may say you're a white man. You may say, oh, I don't think it has anything to do with it. But you don't really know. You've never you've never been a person of color on a set having to endure. You've never been in a work environment as a person of color (laughs) having to endure slights. Denigration, seeing other people promoted over you who are not as qualified as you are, or not as good as you are, simply because they might the color of their skin and people and the bosses but, feel more comfortable we working know. with those people. We don't know. We don't. But exactly you're part. you're claiming like you do know because you're like I don't think uh, we, we might have been just because he was a no name actor. Right. Well, Zach Snyder didn't do that. As much shit as Zach Snyder takes from people in this community, some critics, some writers in this community, he doesn't get accused of that kind of shit. Does he get accused of objectifying Ray- Ray women? Was, was in his, his films? Sure. Though. That, yeah. That, right. That but that doesn't well, don't say that. But like he he, he was his guy, that's for sure. But like he wasn't trying to step on him, trying to step on Ray Fisher, even though he hired him. He, you know, you'd you'd argue he'd have even more right to kind of mess with Ray because he brought him on. But uh, but Joss taking over this situation and immediately defaulting into his regular antics. I want to hear from Ben Affleck. I want to hear from Henry Cavill. I want to hear from Gal Gadot. And he just did uh, Serenity, right, or whatever that show is. Where is Gina Torres on this? Where is Nathan Fillion on this? I, I What's he doing this with them? To,
0: I don't think everybody has to weigh in. And, and I, I mean, I think it, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar's statement was kind of just like, "No comment. Yeah. I don't want to be dragged into this." Right. Um. I, I I don't know. I I think that Charisma Carpenter did a really good job of uh, putting some specifics on yeah. some of allegations, which Ray Agreed. Fisher still has not done
1: yeah that's a great point you bring up jeff that is some of the things for those of us people of color who like have been in these situations in our minds like the fact that he won't come forward with specificity with details we want to have those details it doesn't denigrate our belief in him but i'd like to see some details just like charisma said uh and 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 lay these things i don't know if it's a legal thing i don't know if it's nda thing but like he's got to lay these things out and I, i hope at some point he finally does. You make an excellent think point there.
0: You have to keep in mind that like Joss Whedon, Ray Fisher has also not really worked. Um,
1: well, he's got that ABC series coming. But okay. yes.
0: He just booked that role. And yeah, he was in True Detective. Yeah, um, he wasn't True Detective. But for an actor who's playing a superhero in the DC universe, right, like, right. you'd think he'd be hired left and right. And he has not been. And there is a reason for that. And I, and I think that it is, because whether unfairly or not, he has been branded difficult.
1: Yeah, and that shit needs to that stop. Would, that shit needs to stop, or else, or else people aren't going to be able to speak their piece about on these mm-hmm. sets. And what we ultimately want to have, hopefully, are sets that are supportive, positive, uh, uh, and focused on getting a great product out there and getting the best out of actors. It's the old ideas from the old generation and the old directors who think, you gotta treat them like dog crap. You gotta, you know, like Olivia Wilde in that interview with Hollywood Reporter said that w- this older director who was really famous, said to her, you gotta pick eight arguments on that's a set. Right. You- I mean, that's the kind of old ass thinking that the new generation doesn't adhere to does it need doesn't need to be it, it, going it, it?
0: It, right it's not the way to, to coach them right to right direct them. yeah um, exactly but, but it, it, it certainly in, did work in the past for, for certain directors
1: it did yes but those were also different actors in a different time we see that in sports too jeff and we're seeing it in the military you can't step as hard on people anymore and i think because people become people come more prepared but is, to that, do is, the that, job.
0: is that a good thing or is it a you know we're getting soft as a society kind of thing
1: are we getting soft? I mean, we're fighting each other in the streets. I don't think we're getting soft, <laughs> to be point. honest with you.
0: <laughs> well, let me ask you this: If you were a producer, though, and a studio executive, and you mm-hmm. see how uh, you know um, Ray Fisher has been talking about Walter Herman and all these people, yeah, are you, would you hire him, or, or would you absolutely? You would. Oh yeah, if he
1: was good and right for the part, I would absolutely hire him because you, you know wouldn't what?
0: Wouldn't be nervous. No, as a fuck no. Exec or Executive producer that you might say the wrong thing and wind up at his next target because I no. Think that- I think it's a very real concern in this industry. And I think that's why he hasn't been working.
1: But do you know why it's a real concern in this industry, Jeff? Because the majority of the executives are white. The majority of the producers are white. Because those people are afraid of everything now because of all the Me Too and BLM. The chickens finally have come home to roost on this issue in this situation. So they're nervous about saying the wrong thing. People of color understand that if you take a person of color aside, say, I've cost, because I'm, I'm Latino, he's black. If I cast him in something, sit down with him and go, Ray, we're going to try to make this as a positive uh, work environment as possible the lines of communication are open if you feel uncomfortable if you feel you're being mistreated a certain way come talk to me we'll handle it we'll address it we'll move past it can you make you should, that deal with me and you if you make it
0: that- hired as a studio exec that was i good. should be i that should be
1: that's how it works i don't know why this is so hard for people to understand communication is the key to everything jeff uh
0: yes indeed it is <laughs> um all right uh let's talk about some of the big tv casting that happened last night late last night uh speaking of the mandalorian pedro pascal it's star we found out that the mandalorian is now in second position to hbo's the last of us Based on the huge video game, Bella Ramsey uh, cast as Ellie. Pedro Pascal's yeah. going to play Joel. I never played The Last of Us. I know this is a, a big deal, though, and certainly has some high-profile people behind the camera. Yeah, what do you yeah. What do you make of the, this Joel and Ellie casting?
1: I love it. I mean, I, I, I loved uh, the actress uh, Lady Mormont out of uh, Game of Thrones. She was fantastic. I was so mad when they made the decision to do what they did to her in season eight. Cause I loved her. She was a powerhouse and she already at such a young age, I thought she was out acting a majority of her peers on that show. So it's great to see her take on this role. And you know, this is a video game series, right? A TV series based on a video game. We know this, Jeff, those don't usually do well, TV series or film. So the fact that they're uh, hiring these, both of these, a uh, really good actors uh, and accomplished actors in terms of um oh i guess both of their careers i guess oscar's done his thing but certainly uh uh the actress is playing uh who played lady lady mormont she's uh, established herself in game of thrones so you've got two really strong actors coming into the situation to carry this project forward so it excites me i see a lot of people going well is pedro going to do uh, a different accent is he going to do a southern accent blah 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 it's like did you see him as maxwell lord did you see him uh, in game of thrones of course as well and did you see him he he can play multiple things uh for i'm sorry pedro pascal brother he can do multiple things uh and different accents and what have you just like oscar isaac has playing llewellyn davis playing prince john and robin hood ex machina uh in the new series in the new trilogy for star wars so Ladies and gentlemen, Latinos can play multiple things. We can adjust our voices to fit whatever the project is. So if he goes with a Southern voice, that's fine. If he's playing a white guy, or playing some kind of Latino aspect to the way like, I'm okay with that. So whichever way they go, I trust he'll uh, they'll bring out the best in Pedro Pascal. Well,
0: I'm, I'm not, uh, I love how you're rolling those R's. I wish I could do that. Um, <laughs> Bella, <laughs> Bella Ramsey. I'm not really familiar. Bella with Ramsay, I, didn't, yes. I didn't really watch uh, G- game of Thrones, Pedro Pascal. I'm a big fan of, and I do feel like he's been shortchanged by some of the stuff he's been in lately. I mean, mm. the Mandalorian is, is very good, but you don't really see his face or, or anything like that. And mm. Wonder Woman 1984, I felt he was <sighs> let down.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. But, you know, they're not
0: so, many. So, but I loved him on Narcos. I think it's great mm. that that he got a big show like this. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, HBO has never really waited in these video game waters before that that, that I can recall. So I mean, mm. this could end up being like the greatest video game adaptation once you have HBO's imprint on it. What I mm. wanted to talk about though, mm-hmm. is this is gonna get me uh, started on a rant. OK, uh, so, you know, hours before Pedro Pascal uh, was <laughs> announced as the star, we'd heard that Mahershala Ali was offered the role. Where did we <laughs> hear that from? This website, the Illuminerdy. Let Illuminerdi. me tell you guys about the Illuminerdy, OK, the Illuminerdy just gets these agency grits, which are, you know, the secret sauce, so to speak. They're, they're a great guide to finding out what is the news in this town, what's happening. But you have to use them as a guide. They're not to be taken literally. And you certainly don't read them. And then just without calling or emailing anybody, you just put everything that's in these grids online. And that is what the Illuminati did all week. And the internet just loves these guys. And I have no idea why, because they don't have any journalistic credibility. Okay, Mahersha Ali was not offered The Last of Us. THR said he was circling the project or I'd for it, never got an offer for it. Mm. okay and he wasn't even the first person because i think that was probably mcconaughey i think that they were actually looking oh to- yeah they went to their two true detective stars mcconaughey and Mahershala Ali. you know so they could have done either race for joel That's uh true. and i love how they wound, wound up with a, a latino actor mm-hmm. in the end mm-hmm. um what else happened to the illuminati this week they did keanu reeves as craven okay <laughs> keanu reeves passed on craven like a month ago Okay, the grid itself, Illuminati, which you know full well, is dated from early January, that's a month ago. Mm -hmm. All I ask of this website is to make a fucking phone call or send a fucking email before they just light up the internet with absolute garbage stale rumors. OK, now we'll wait and see whether Jason Momoa ends up voicing Knuckles in Sonic mm-hmm. the Hedgehog 2. That could very well happen. But right. you just saying, well, you know, he's offered it because it says this here on the document. Uh, this this website has no credibility. And if you watch my podcast and you're a fan of it, I, you pick a side. You can't you can't do both. You can't like what I do here and like what these idiots do on, on the internet. <laughs>
1: Look, you can like Big Bang Theory and you can like Game of Thrones, Jeff. You're allowed to like both. It's your, it's your, it's your you know, prerogative. Uh, I understand your point. I, you know, when, when we worked together, you used to talk to me about certain sites. Uh, and I can ne- leave them unnamed if you'd like. But you would tell me, like, these people, all they have to do is reach out to me. I will talk to them. I will guide them. There is, behind your rant, there is this desire to also... Oh. Yeah, help, and I think that's what I think people need to understand. Snyder goes on his rants, but it's from the place of like there's a way to do this business correctly, and there's a way to not do it. Now, Illuminati may ignore you because they're getting the clicks, they're getting the likes, about. And that care may be all they write. care about, right? Exactly, and they may not get interviews like you get or other established sites get, uh, because. They do report stuff in this manner. That's the deal with the devil that they've made. Uh, And we've seen numerous sites uh, get away with that kind of crap. Do you know what I'm saying? And so I'm not surprised to see another site roll in on this. And if they're right, maybe 30% of the time, 40% of the time, it's enough for right. people to keep uh, citing them and talking with them I, and whatever. I guess
0: so. You know, I was just, yeah. I was talking to Frosty about it uh, this week because we were mm-hmm. on the, the Knuckles-Momoa thing, um, mm-hmm. which is, you know, super early and, and may not even happen. But, it, you know, Frosty said something I thought was smart. And he was just like, you know what? Like, we have to be right. We can't afford to be wrong. You yeah. have yeah. to be a voice of authority. And, and that's the upside when you're a, a site like the Illuminati and you can just throw shit at the wall. Yeah. Seven stories and one sticks, and the other six are are absolute garbage. Well,
1: Um, because I hate to break it to you, but most people aren't sitting there trying to, you know, find out who's right or wrong. You guys have that journalistic integrity within you, and I respect that. But most of the fans are just like, What, Craven? Cool, that's something for them to talk about. That's what it is, yeah,
0: right. It's a whole cottage industry around the bunk rumors.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, if I had, if I, when I was starting my YouTube, if I had thought. I could live with myself to do that. I right. could have gone that route as well, Jeff. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm with you. I don't have that bone in my body. You have to try to be right.
0: You we're going to get all this kind of geek stuff out of the way. Uh, Steve Mnookin, uh, going to be <laughs> an, an
1: EP on the Snyder Cut. Did you see that story today? I did see that. Yes, I saw that just as we were... About to start recording. Uh, I don't. I, obviously, I don't like that guy. I don't like that no. administration. I'll be straight up. I thought he was uh, one of the most vapid SOBs at, to ever hold office in any administration, with his equally vapid wife, who paid for all that positive coverage <laughs> for her terrible movie. That's yep. what she did, ladies and gentlemen. Even the Hollywood Reporter is not above getting bought out. So you saw that. Kind of, so you talk about journalistic integrity, Jeff. What about that? So you see this situation here play itself out. Seeing Minuchin step into this. Uh, It sucks, but I don't think it takes away from what I'm going to enjoy. I'm sure sure many of the people listening or watching us who maybe have an issue with this aren't throwing out their Weinstein DVDs, aren't throwing out their Miramax films from the 90s. That's the thing you have to look at. Like, if you're going to be complaining about something, you've got to be consistent across the board. If you're going to stand and throw something out, you better throw all of it. All your Woody Allen films, all your Harvey Weinstein films. Now, throw out Avengers, throw out Avengers Age of Ultron, throw it out. Like those are those things you have to be consistent across the board if you're going to have issues with something like this.
0: Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Uh, Stacy Osai Kufur, sorry mm-hmm. if I mispronounced that. She's a story editor on Watchmen. She has booked the job of writing the Blade movie mm-hmm. for Marvel. Apparently, becoming the first Black female writer. To pen a Marvel movie, uh, are you excited about this Blade movie? Like, who do you want to direct? What do you th- What do you think about this?
1: Yeah, I love Blade to Pieces. Uh, I actually just rewatched Blade Trinity, which really sucks. But like, the first two movies are incredible, and I thought what Wesley Snipes did with Blade well, it doesn't get enough love and recognition in the nineties when no one was making good superhero films. Here comes a film, uh, one film from uh, Norrington, another film from Guillermo del Toro, one and two who just killed it, both of them with Blade 1 and Blade 2. So there's a legacy here. Right. And Wesley has been very firm about being positive around getting as many black people on sets as possible on his stuff when he had power. Spike Lee does that. Eddie Murphy does that. There are certain actors of color who are very firm about bringing people of color on to their sets to work through the years, through the decades. Uh, And in this situation, we have a new blade of Maharsha Ali. Great choice. And bringing someone on who just uh, worked on this incredible Watchmen series on HBO that explored race relations, you gotta know we're in 2021, post Black Lives Matter, post Me Too, post all this stuff. If Now you're gonna see a little more of that social issue aspect to Blade that I think we didn't see in the past. And I think that's gonna be essential here. Plus, she's clearly an excellent writer and being a part of that whole writing team for Watchmen speaks volumes. But it is a little sad, Jeff, that in 2021 is the first time we finally have a black female writer on a project like this. So we got to keep opening the doors. So this becomes a non news item and just becomes old hat. That's what you want to see. And so I'm excited to see what you, and having a female writer too. Remember Goyer, I think wrote the first three movies and directed the third one terribly, but like, so bringing a female uh, approach to it, I think will be a female person, a woman of color, black woman, I think is essential to the piece as well
0: um yeah I, I thought it was an interesting hire uh you know she's not someone who i typically hear about for those kinds of high profile roles but but mm. not sure she will be going forward uh but I, I really did like Watchmen. i thought it was terrific and and i saw that nicole castle the director also got that uh wonderful wizard of oz movie at new line
1: uh, yeah this week yeah. so
0: you know anyone who sort of had their their hands involved with Watchmen, i think is a a high co- you know a high price commodity right now in Hollywood. yeah 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 I'm looking forward to uh, to this Blade movie as well. Me um, too. It's going to be a little while, I think, before do it's does a director.
1: Do you think Wesley's in it? Do you think Wesley plays a part as a kind of older... Do you think anything is anything with Wesley? I think in?
0: it's possible. I think okay. it's possible. But I also... I don't know. Maybe maybe that's a move you saved for the second movie or something. Yeah. maybe. Yeah, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. Because um, you want to define, you know, Mahershala is Blade. I don't know yeah. if you want Wesley distracting or bringing up... Fair the-
1: point bringing in second movie a, two a blade, good movies yeah,
0: yeah if those blade movies were terrible you know uh, right. different story um i wanted to, to talk about jen apatow's the bubble uh and the bit of okay. gossip that emerged out of it because i never never would have thought this story would have become public i shared it i think on a bobby gucci after show
1: <laughs> um as did, you do as you're in this town <laughs> did you see though that this story about the bubble john no no talk to me about it what is it okay So, you
0: know, last month it was reported that Judd Apatow is going to be making this this movie about a cast and crew quarantining in a hotel while watching a movie. Uh, And I had talked to someone uh, at that time who'd said that the movie was inspired by Jurassic World Dominion. And that an actor or actress on Jurassic World Dominion was sort of talking about how chaotic that production was. And it's understandably... Chaotic, I mean, this is a huge movie shooting in the middle of a pandemic. Like if everything, everything's new to everybody. Everybody's figuring this out in real time. So I'm not trying to get down on Universal for a chaotic shoot here, but it is what it is. And I heard that this actor or actress came back and was sort of relaying the story to Leslie Mann. And then Leslie Mann told Judd about it mm. and Judd thought, oh my God, that would be a hilarious movie. But because it's Jurassic World Dominion, I can't really make this for Universal. So that's how it wound up in Netflix. Wow. Uh, now, I don't know whether this story is true or not. I think right. that it is true based on where I heard it from. And then it was repeated in the Hollywood Reporter this week, which I could not wow. believe that Boris would include that bit of like cocktail Zoom cocktail party gossip, if you will. <laughs> but once it was out there, I thought it, would, it made like a great hook for the story. Right. Uh, so, so we just did an article about that like the cast of this, also Pedro Pascal, mm-hmm. Karen Gillan, mm-hmm. uh, Maria Bakalova from Borat 2. What do you, are you excited for this project? Are you a uh, Judd Apatow guy?
1: I like Judd Apatow. I do. I even defend, uh, what, uh, 40-year-old, whatever it's called, uh, my 40 year life, whatever it is called. I like that one. This is 40. Uh, this is 40. Yeah, I actually, that, that film is a... You have to cross 40 to really appreciate that movie, to be honest with you. They nail I'll, I'll it. go back and watch it in three years. I'll tell you, do that. And I'm telling you, they nail it. They absolutely nail it. And it's also maybe one of the best Megan Fox performances ever in my opinion. So it's a film that should so be many uh, to choose from. <laughs> Are there though? You should reevaluate that for sure. This film for sure. But I, yeah, I like Judd. I'm a big fan of what Judd does overall. I like that. He's outspoken politically outspoken. I appreciate that in a town where it's kind of frowned upon sometimes, but his comedy has always worked for so many reasons. Yeah. you go back and see some of this stuff and maybe it's a little like, maybe you'd like to update of 2021. Totally get that. Nothing wrong with that. But this idea of doing these quarantine films, Jeff, I'll be honest with you. I'm not excited. I didn't watch any of those quarantine TV shows. I don't want to see it. It's we're still in the middle of it. So I don't give a shit. You know, to me, it's like, I don't want to see this kind of stuff. I'm not in the mood to see this kind of stuff. Uh, But that being said, uh, I have ridiculed this Jurassic world franchise for quite some time. So if they're going to make a parody about this situation, then I'm all for it. If it's funny, if it's funny and it hits the notes and they don't pull any punches, they really do it in a way that's respectful but still funny, then I'm all for it. I mean, we've seen stuff like State and Maine in the past, right, Jeff, where we've seen them make fun of Hollywood in a way that's not necessarily mean-spirited, but judgmental, just not mean-spirited. I wouldn't mind seeing something like that. Maybe that'll be the first like quarantine based project I'd go see.
0: I think a lot of the quarantine projects that we've seen that have kind of been, um, like dramas or thrillers, sort of playing on like the, the sadness or despair or anxiety of, of being in the bubble. I didn't even mm. see Stongbird, that Michael Bay oh, uh, I, movie.
1: No, that was terrible. Um, I don't know I totally
0: if this is like it. a comedic take on this all could be interesting. It could be that end up being the next Traffic Thunder. I do love the cast that Judd Rachel's put together for this. For this uh yeah i worry it's gonna be a little inside baseball we'll see if the movie within the movie is about dinosaurs that would kind of really <laughs> bring it all home but I, I i do like the ensemble that he's put together here like yeah. I, I think uh who's the stand in for judd is it david Duchovny? oh
1: yeah yeah, yeah that's I, perfect
0: i like I, I do like that i do like that so we'll 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 see
1: Isn't it just like a nebbish writer to choose a good-looking leading man to play them in the movie? Hilarious. Of course. (laughs) Jeff Snyder would pick Brad Pitt to play him. I know he would. Uh,
0: Maybe not Brad Pitt, but but definitely uh, somebody better looking than I am. (laughs) Uh, Borderlands, that movie, the Eli Roth uh, adaptation of the video game broke the news that Jamie Lee Curtis is going to be playing tannis and then right as this story started uh sorry right as this podcast started taping jack black announced as the voice of claptrap the sarcastic robot who doesn't really care if anybody lives or dies uh are you did you play borderlands are you looking forward to this movie i I like the cast that eli has put together for this
1: I think Dennis was a huge fan of Borderlands. I played it every once in a while. What wasn't as deep into the story as other people can be. So here we go. Another video game series that's being done here, or this is a movie, right? So Eli Roth, stepping. I look, I'm not a fan of Eli Roth. So I don't, I don't expect much. I rarely like any of his movies, uh, mm-hmm. So I'm not expecting you're not a to horror sure. guy. So. Not, well, I, uh, uh that's not hundred percent true. There have been people you work with who've promoted this narrative. I am selective about the horror that I like. I don't like Friday the 13th part eight, kill me, sue me. You know, those are the things, if you got good horror, I'm in, I will name you 45 horror films that I love. It's just that I'm very selective about that okay. genre because I don't like cheesy horror films, you know, and something like, or torture porn, like what you see in his uh, what hostile movies and then what's yeah. that Green Inferno one? I was like, that's so. Well, this is a something. big change of pace
0: for it him. Um,
1: his the last Black movie House. He had,
0: he did, right. The last movie he did was House in the, uh, with a clock in its walls. And yeah, so reuniting with the two stars of the, the, that, yeah, film, Kate Blanchett and Jack Black, who's who's reuniting with Kevin Hart on the Jumanji movies. Right, I'm saying for a video game adaptation at Lionsgate to get mm. Blanchett, Kevin Hart jamie lee curtis and jack black that's a pretty good cast i think that Lionsgate get is put together yeah
1: i guess so i mean jack black's not been doing much recently but certainly he is a, a comedian that brings eyes and brings ears to have people have you so-
0: seen his door video by the way
1: no i haven't i've been oh. too i have you seen these kevin james as the audio guy videos no oh my god these are brilliant he has That's a youtube james channel kevin right. james does and he puts himself in these classic movie scenes where he is playing the audio guy watch the one for no country for old men it is oh, okay. brilliant it does,
0: does sound like
1: fun brilliant but anyway yeah it's a good cast i don't disagree with you but it is Lionsgate. so what's the quality we're going to get on this kind of movie i don't know uh overall i'm look but but i would love it if you knocked it out of the park and it'd be a good movie that got well-reviewed. I'd love to go see a video, good video game adaptation. I don't uh, understand hope they can the
0: story do it. at all. I mean, it oh. as far as like it's set on Pandora and there's a beat right. into a vault. I'm like, I don't know what the hell they're talking about. <laughs> um, Did you like House with a Clock in its Walls? I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was just, it was okay. Yeah. Uh It was Eli showing that he can do something a little different. And
1: um, you know, I also think Kate's in that stage of her career where she wants to try multiple genres and push the limits of what she can do. And right. God love her for that.
0: And do something a little bit more commercial yeah um, speaking of big uh commercial movies with with huge cast sandra bullock joining the cast of bullet train we still don't know who she's going to be playing how big a role this is the cast is just gigantic uh yeah. and you know brad pitt's going to be front and center in this but uh are, are you looking forward to this david leach movie
1: yeah this looks like a lot of fun. this is certainly going to be tongue-in-cheek right i mean because you've got brad pitt and uh, uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, uh, you know um, Brian Tyree Henry is in this as well. Michael Shannon is the only member of the castles that they've announced that could actually be a believable scary assassin. So this seems like it's going to be more of not I wouldn't say madcap, but I think there's going to be more of a humorous bent to the movie. So I'm all for this. So this looks like a lot of fun. There's going
0: to be an element of mystery where like you're not sure who the real you know, the the head of, uh, who who is like hiring these assassins? Yeah. yeah, Who are they doing the work for? Right. And maybe that is Sandra Bullock. I'm I'm not sure. Um, Lady Gaga is still not a part of any confirmed cast list from the trades. Although I, I do have that still on good authority that she is oh, part nice. of this movie. I'm Were you surprised it. though that Brad and Sandy have never worked together in almost yeah, 30 years?
1: I actually did a, a a IMDb search to see if they had worked together when I heard this news, and they haven't. And so uh, that's great to see them come together and, and do. Uh, and you know, kind of see, uh, put their energies together. I think they work well. I listen, I'll tell you this this is the honest truth of how I felt about it as I was looking at this up. I wonder if Mr. and Mrs. Smith would have been better if it was Sandra and Brad Pitt because Jolie doesn't have that natural comedic bent to the things that she does, where Sandra does. And I wonder if that would have been a better pairing as I think about it now, uh, when I look at that movie. So it's, Maybe. I'm excited to see what you're
0: I, I, I remember liking Mr. and Mrs. Smith, but you're right, I've never gone back to it. No. I don't think I've ever seen a second time.
1: It's a perfectly fine movie, which is- Uh,
0: David Leach, speaking of, he uh, was part of a big package this week, Fast and Loose uh, with Will Smith, where Will- I'd heard about the script. Didn't didn't think that they would be able to get somebody like Will Smith, especially after like Gemini Man, where he played two different characters. But Mm -hmm. in this one, it's like a memory loss movie. And he's playing like a, a a guy who basically wakes up. He's been left for dead in the desert. And he realizes he has two different lives. One is he's a crime kingpin with a huge, you know, syndicate, and the yeah. other he's like a broke-ass CIA agent, probably tracking the, himself. You know, <laughs> uh, do, do you do you like that idea of, of like that premise? And, and Will Smith and David Leach teaming up. David Leach, by the way, if you look at everyone he's worked with, it's crazy. Yeah, Keanu, it's only A-listers. It's Keanu, Charlize, Brad Pitt, Dwayne Johnson, like A-listers across the board.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean, the thing is, people need to give need, people need to put a little more respect without the T uh, on Will Smith's name. I mean, Will Smith, yes, he's not doing Independence Day, he's not doing these massive films like he used to in the past. But over the last 10 years, if you look at his record, he's done some really great work. I thought he was good in Men in Black Three. I thought he was good in focus. I thought Concussion was an unfairly vilified film where he gave a damn good performance. He's good. the best part of Bright. He certainly shocked the world with what he did with Aladdin. And yeah, Gemini Man wasn't that great, but he did a good work as the voiceover in Spies in Disguise. And Bad Boys for Life was what? The highest grossing film in 2020 was a hit, right? And so to me, Will Smith is in this stage of his career now where he has done what he needs to do. His legacy is set. He's got his money. He is set. So let's have a little bit of fun and explore these kind of, um, I don't know, unusual films to see what he can bring to it as an actor. And this sounds like a challenging type of film. Uh, and I'm sure he thought Gemini Man was going to be challenging for him as well. So that's a, a fair point for you to bring that up, Jeff. I mean, who accepts a job with Ang Lee and thinks it's not going to be a great film? And it turns out to be a bit of a clunker. But he can bring it when he's called on to bring it. So this looks like a memento type film and I think he can do those things go watch go rewatch. concussion people he's actually damn good in
0: it I I, I did really like concussion I like the idea of him working with David leach I think leach could, mm. could get something interesting out of him I'm really looking forward to King Richard uh, where he plays Venus and Serena's father coming out later this year and then I again. saw
1: the trailer looks great Jeff yeah you saw the trailer for King Richard yeah yeah there's like a little bit of a mini trailer on uh those HBO you know the HBO Max kind oh, of thing okay. yeah okay. they show the snippet of it and uh, watching that trailer was great yeah
0: uh he, he goes from from that movie into uh Antoine Fuqua's slavery movie um oh, yeah. uh, and then Fast and Loose is supposed to be after that and speaking of David Leach, uh, I'm gonna be it'll be interesting to see whether he ends up directing The Division because I heard mm-hmm. that he may be off that project with Jake Gyllenhaal and Jessica Chastain that that project came roaring out of the gate yeah. and I thought it was gonna I thought it would have been made years ago but I, I don't know it seems to have stalled a little bit
1: it feels daunting um, to walk onto a set with those two intense actors, Jessica and Jake. Like you gotta, you gotta
0: really have your shit
1: lined up to get it right with those two.
0: The Dungeons and Dragons movie added Michelle Rodriguez <laughs> and Justice Smith. Uh, I just do not care about D&D. Did you do, or
1: do you care about this project? I never played it in high school. I mean, maybe I played it once and it was, I. my nerddom only went so far and it never crossed into the magical lands of Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, that being said, though, I mean, this seems like the right casting for the kind of film you're making. No offense to Michelle Rodriguez. This is not a stellar actress. She's a decent actress. Uh, and certainly she'll bring what she can bring to this movie. But I mean, you look at her resume outside of the Fast and the Furious movies and Girl Fight, which is great in Girl Fight. You don't see too much uh, quality there. So you know, I think she was in that film with Christiana Locken or something like that, one of those uh, uh, action films. So this is the kind of stuff that she does. So it fits the uh, humor of what they're going for. But look, it's a Latina actress in the world of Dungeons and Dragons. I can't knock that. So I'm 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 for it, and kudos to her. The
0: movie is from uh John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, who and I really like their their game night movie. So maybe they could surprise me with this. Maybe I'm just judging off, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons in my head having grown yeah. up, you know, uh looking down on it. You know, I think it's just for nerds. Um, we'll, yeah. we'll, see.
1: well, game night uh, is great. You're right about that.
0: Did you watch Malcolm and Marie, John? Oh God,
1: I full revelation. My girlfriend watched the trailer and a minute and a half into the trailer, she's like, turn this shit off. And I, the trailer. So uh, I, I'm about 30 minutes into it. It's an exercise. I think this is one of those films. Is like It's like the fountain. Either you're all the way in or you're all the way out. There's no middle ground with this film. And I'm 30 minutes in and I'm trying to navigate this thing, deciding if I want to do a review for it or not. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, that's what I would say to you. I haven't finished watching it, but I've started it. How about well, I, you? you watch
0: I ended up watching. I watched most of it on my phone. Uh, well because I was you know waiting uh you know for for a relative uh you know at a doctor's appointment so uh I watched most of it on my phone I finished the the movie when I got home I thought it was okay I actually will take the middle ground here okay I thought it was part of it was definitely pretentious and it felt like a movie that was just made for film twitter like I don't know who would enjoy this but on the other hand even though it was very industry centric, it was an interesting premise that they went from where like, mm-hmm. this is a movie about someone who forgets to, to thank their significant other. I mean, the characters are, are kind of unlikable, but it, mm-hmm. I, and even though they do kind of go too big at times, like it's like melodramatic, mm-hmm. I did like their performances. Uh, yeah. So I think know. John
1: David, John David Washington is doing good work, man. Whatever you feel about Tenet, he's good in that movie. Uh, and, and, I thought, that, and Zendaya is getting a lot of love for what she's doing. Yeah, she, I she right. is.
0: Um, I think I think it's it's worth watching, although I don't know that I'd recommend it to everybody.
1: And by the way, I think this movie should absolutely exist. I'm okay with a pretentious film from a black filmmaker with two black actors. It's black okay. Well, I'm sorry, from for two black actors is I guess what I'm trying to say. Yeah. is a black-oriented film. Uh, we've seen so many pretentious films starring white actors so i mean what's wrong with having some with black actors too right. i'm okay with that, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. this is, it. is called equality ladies and gentlemen <laughs>
0: um there were some trailers that came out this week uh i mean i don't i doubt that you watched them bear town and the head did you see those uh, no
1: i did not no i watched the other I, I've,
0: I've started watching bear town and my pal justin Kroll uh really liked the head those are international shows that HBO has picked up. And, and I do think it's interesting. I think people are coming around on watching more subtitled shows. And yeah. HBO, you know, because production has been affected and they need to fill, you know, the HBO Max pipeline and everything. Yeah, I like that they're going after these international shows. You're seeing Apple do it too. It's not just, we're going to remake this format two years from now. It's we're right. going to actually show you the hits from across the world. I, I like it.
1: Well, uh, you bring that up, and and I'm with. I haven't seen either of these, but we've started the investigation, which is an awesome show on HBO Max about a real life murder that happened in 2017. If you yep. haven't, and it stars, uh, I think his name is Pilo Albach, who, who plays one of the characters in Game of Thrones from the Iron Lands, I think. And so you 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 guys should definitely watch that. Valhalla Papers is a great one on Netflix. There's a lot of Danish, Dutch, <laughs> Swedish, uh, uh foreign. Shows that really kill it on the streaming services. Netflix has a boatload of them that you can enjoy. So yeah, I love that that we you know the the idea of Americans not read. I love that that's changing. That more Americans, as they become more global in their point of view, are open to watching. I mean, Lupin is killing it on Netflix. Lupin, that's I mean, a French. Last series.
0: year was Fauda and in, in Tehran. Yeah,
1: Fauda. Uh, right. Right. I,
0: I do. I do like these international shows that that are uh, starting to strut their stuff. Um, We also got some Super Bowl ads, Fast 9 and Old, the M. Night Shyamalan movie. What did you think of those? Are you excited?
1: Yeah, I loved – yeah, Fast 9 is, you know, I don't go to that – once again, it's the Transformers thing, right? This is fun. They're just a lot of fun to enjoy and go see. Don't look for a lot of depth or complexity in these plots. But I love the fact that we got 30 seconds. We got John Cena full on being angry. We got the Charlize throne coming back We with Helen Mirren in a car. It's, it's cool. It's fun, and it was enough to sell me that it's coming. Old though I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I mean, like I'm in that with with Shyamalan. You just never know. We both liked Glass. That review is legendary. Now uh, we've both liked Split. Uh, but I, but there are other smaller ones that he's done that I haven't been the biggest fan of, but then there are other smaller ones where he's really done a great job with it. So you just don't know with M-Not what, what you're going to get. That being said, pretty great cast. Alex Wolff, and McKenzie, uh, all these people involved in it. I'm excited to see if it if it gets great reviews. We'll see if I get a screener of it to review it early, but I certainly hold my, I'm more cautiously optimistic than I used to be about M. Night Shyamalan. So it looks cool. And it looks like it's centered in one location, which is where he can do some of his best work as a filmmaker.
0: Sure. Um, and if you guys have, uh, you know, want to know a little bit more about what old may be about, uh, right. you know, go, go, Google the Collider story, because uh, it is based on this French graphic novel that, that I read. And it's it's interesting. And I'm sure M. M. Night t- will put his own spin on it.
1: Did you interview M. Night? Or was it just you c- talking about it in the article?
0: I did not interview him okay, I, would okay. Love to. I think he's a genius I would love to interview him one day fair enough um I've got mailbag questions I've got a few other things we've only got 10 <laughs> minutes left in the show yeah but I'd be remiss if I didn't say uh, R.I.P. to Christopher Plummer and Larry yeah. Flint those are the guys we lost this week let's start with Chris Plummer obviously I mean he's the, he's the, the the movie guy uh mm-hmm. did you have a favorite of his roles
1: Oh, that's a great question. Uh, I, you know, sadly, I have to say the truth. Star Trek Six. I love him in Star Trek Six as Chang. He is incredible, quoting Shakespeare the whole time, uh, and he makes that movie come to life. As great as the movie, and listen, that is a damn good movie in the Star Trek series. It's his Klingon villain that is so memorable. You could argue he is in the upper echelon of memorable klingon villains uh in the series and he is great in it but i also enjoyed him in all the money in the world i thought it was really good sliding in with little to no notice uh and reshooting those scenes under ridley scott's direction he was stellar absolutely stellar and jeff he kept working up until he died there's like three projects still c- to come out from christopher Plummer, which is insane yeah, to think would, about he- just like cloris leachman these 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 veterans work until they can't breathe anymore it's right
0: incredible. he did he didn't slow down at all yeah. um i like you? you know uh chris plummer in, in the insider i think his mike wall uh, yeah. terrific so that, that that's where i go on that one but he'll he'll uh you know clearly be missed yeah if um, only for just all the jokes you know whenever an actor screws up it'd be like you know call chris plummer well you know, now we can't uh and then larry flint listen i'm sure larry flint had some had his slime ball moments that's but, all you uh, man you go ahead yeah but, but, but like larry flint he was, I, he was a big proponent of free speech, which I am a big yeah. proponent of as well. And if you haven't seen the movie, The People vs. Larry Flint, uh, it is a great movie with uh, you know Woody Harrelson's excellent and Ed Norton and Courtney yeah. Love as well. So, uh, yeah.
1: Um, what, what happened I, to her? Courtney was so good, Jeff. She yeah, really was. Love? But
0: I, I don't think that she could get her demons under control, maybe. Yeah, it's fair, fair. I, I, I think she is a great actress. I so. agree. Um, she's a wild card. Uh what, what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl this week? And, and my boy Tom Brady winning. Up I mean I, I let's
1: uh, let's leave let's leave him off the drunken adventures on a boat. But other than that, I thought he did a fantastic job. And look, I I came around on him this year. Obviously, I've spent my life pretty much hating Tom Brady because the New England Pages. You, you and do. everyone else. Yeah, I cheered for him the first year they won the Super Bowl against the Rams because they were underdogs, but then you get that Belichick situation, and then of course the little MAGA stuff that's around those guys may be uncomfortable too, but him going to Tampa Bay. People writing him off, people saying he's not going to – the troubles they had in the middle of the year getting that offense to work, the drubbings they took at the hands of the Saints, the shock loss to the Bears. Even my Washington football team gave them all they could handle in that playoff game in Washington. If we had had a decent – and nothing against Heineke, if we would had a quarterback who understood the offense a little bit better, we'd had a shot to beat that team for sure. And they over – and they went on the road against three of the best quarterback, or they went against three of the quarter, best quarterbacks – but twice on the road against Drew Brees, against Aaron Rodgers, and then against uh, uh, Patrick Mahomes here. And that defense really stepped up. And this isn't a Peyton Manning, Denver, Carolina situation. Tom Brady was active in making sure this team won these games by throwing bombs, taking chances, getting those pass interference calls. So, all respect and love to Tom Brady for doing what he did. the 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 old lions still got fighting them, young ones. They always have fighting them, and yeah. Tom is a is certainly an example of that.
0: I don't understand the retirement stuff. Where you know, last year <laughs> they asked, this year, oh, you know, why doesn't he retire? Go out on top. Like this guy is still playing. Better than almost every other quarterback in the NFL. Like, why do we want him to retire? Uh, I I was thrilled for him, for him and Gronk, and I'm glad that uh, we saw a little sloppy drunk Tom Brady yesterday. (laughs) What's Uh, that? Wild. Um, We got some mailbag questions. Uh, We're going to answer these quickly. Uh, Kelton Pickens, basically. Is like you know I'm a huge Superman fan. Every day I'm I'm waiting for you, Deadline Hollywood reporter, for a big uh, Superman trilogy scoop or whatever. Like what? (laughs) Why can't Warner Brothers get its shit together on on Superman, John?
1: I don't understand. Uh, Henry Cavill is absolutely perfect to go back into this and make it work. I don't know what they don't like about Man of Steel is one of the best Superman films ever made. I love it. The exploring of of what it would be like to be essentially an illegal alien in America trying to, with superpowers, what that aspect of the world would be like. It's Richard Donner is your Norman Rockwell painting man of steel is what it actually would be like you know what I'm saying so I I love that uh feel to that movie so I don't understand Cavill's coming Cavill's not coming back for Zack Snyder's Justice League but he will be his scenes will be in it and he might look even more badass and there might be an even louder outcry for him to come back so I don't understand what your problems are with it but if they want to move on, I just finished season three of The Sinner, and I'm even more convinced that Matt Bomber should be our next Superman slash Clark Kent. Literally an American dead ringer. I think he's American. Dead ringer for uh, Henry Cavill to play Superman. So if you're going to move on, get him in the role.
0: I, I don't know that I, I see Matt Bomer wearing the red cape. But uh, but God bless.
1: Did you see? Did you, see that, you did. see that series? I
0: did. Although I was actually thinking about it last night, scrolling on Netflix, I was like, I should really add the Sinner to my watch list. Um, Keltrick also asked, Do you think that Apple uh, is going to acquire some big splashy IP? Obviously, a lot of the IP is accounted for Marvel and DC stuff. Um, but you know, is there a, a, one comic book or an available IP that you'd like to see Apple acquire?
1: I, I don't know, man. I mean, it, it, DC and Marvel have pretty much bought up. A lot of these minor ones, and the uh, the other minor ones have gone on and made deals with Netflix. You know, we saw so many of these creators that a lot have of the made Mark deals. Miller stuff. Yeah yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Did you read the,
0: the Saga comic book? Though
1: I haven't gotten to that one. I know Koi Jandrew is a massive fan of those. Yeah, I will. I was too busy working through Old Guard after I saw it on Netflix. So working through those through those comic books are excellent. I'm, I will I'm get not the a,
0: I'm not a comic book guy. Saga is a masterpiece. Um, okay. Brian Gavon has said he would never do anything with it but but if he did Mm -hmm. i could see apple like they are with foundation just sort of splurging on that because whoever if saga ever does get made um wow it's it's gonna be excellent they just got Uh, find someone who who really put some money in it sam streak asks uh with films such as a quiet place 2* and the new bond that were finished or filming before covid having release dates delayed when do we think we can see those films like paul thomas anderson's new movie or mission impossible eight i'm assuming those will be shown in theaters rather than going straight to vod it seems like those are like the theatrical business i think will rebound next year not this year but in 2022 so uh, you know I don't know if mission impossible seven will keep its date or if it'll get bumped a year, but I mean, I I don't think we're looking much beyond 2022. Do you?
1: No, I I don't think we're, I I don't share your rosy point of view. I think we're never going back to the way it was. I think there's too many anti-vaxxers who don't want to take the vax, uh, vaccination in this country and around the world. So if you're a person uh, who's going into a movie theater and other people have gotten it, even after they've been vaccinated, are you going to trust that you're not going to get it? if you're an older person which a lot of old people do go see these movies to do something with their days are you going to risk going into a movie theater with someone who might not be vaccinated and you might catch this thing so, so do
0: you think that this is something that like three years from now will go back to normal or do you think it's just changed forever and- i think it's changed forever.
1: forever i think i think we're never going back i think what, H- what hbo max does if the public gets a taste for day and date all year in 2021 are you going to take that away from them? That doesn't make sense to me at all. So I think eventually, I don't think we're ever going back to where we were before. I think this has changed us irreparably. And uh, we'll come back to like halfway or maybe three quarters even, but it will never be what it was before. And Jeff, you know, we were already on the way out with these smaller, more independent films going to streaming more and more. So the larger tent poles were going to consume these multiplexes anyway. So I think we're only, we're only, we've only, um, hastened that happening.
0: Okay, uh, we have two minutes left. Uh, oh, Will, sorry.
1: Real,
0: yeah. uh, real quickly, Will Will Drouglas asks, uh, basically, you know, do you think do we think that we've seen the last of Shia LaBeouf and Army Hammer for a little while? Uh, I'm going to say yes to that. I think that's kind of obvious. But do you think that either could make a comeback, and who would make one first?
1: I don't think Hammer. I don't think people are going crazy for Hammer to make a comeback. But LaBeouf was in the middle of a LaBeoufissance, and sure. people were reappreciating him off of Peanut Butter Falcon and Honey Boy. So I think the door is a little more open for him down the road, especially because he's taken responsibility from day one. As soon as it's been an FKA twigs came out, he said, I'm sorry for the things I've done, blah, blah, blah. And so he has not gone after anybody for the accusations that have been made. He's accepted it. And I think that goes a long way, uh, overall with people forgiving him, but army hammer, he's obstinate and he never was that big of a star anyway. So
0: yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're right that Shy is certainly the more talented actor um, and, and he does obviously have have some demons, but he is getting help. And, and I think that that is, is noble. So maybe in a couple of years, he'll resurface. Uh, the, the, the final question that we're going to end on, John. Yes. Since I have you, and uh, give me at least one tip on how to beat Dangerous Dan. <laughs>
1: you suck i think you're gonna i think you're gonna lose but that being said because i need to take the belt off and that's my goal this year okay the only tip i'll tell you is this don't count yourself out before you're in the match and don't celebrate too early and don't get down about yourself too early either dan merle is an unusual beast to play because you're always surprised at the things he misses because you think he's an unbeatable monster. But if you keep your cool, you might unsettle him. And when I beat him and I have beat him three times, by the way, uh, that's what I've done. I've thrown away my expectations of winning or losing and just played the game. That's the only way you can approach Dan Merle. Ben Bateman has forgotten that twice, which is why he's choked uh, both times in the last round and why he's over celebrated in between rounds he did it in atlanta the live event he did it after the betting round in the second time he fought when you over celebrate that just focuses dan even more and right. you mess with the karma of the game so that's well, what. Th-
0: there you have it those are john roca the outlaws insider tips to beating uh the, the, the goat dan merle i need all the help i can get folks uh john thank you so much for joining us today where can where can
1: uh, the snyder cut fans find you these thank days? you all thank you for having me jeff you know i love you madly and uh, thank you everyone for listening please Follow me at the Roca says on Twitter, Instagram, and on the stereo app. I'll be doing that more and more for sure. Maybe I convince this fool to get on it. We can have fun conversations on there. And also my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash John Roca says all my great content there, entertainment, sports, pro wrestling, politics. It's all on there for you to enjoy. So come be a part of it and let's have some fun.
0: Join outline nation folks. John's a great guy. A uh, good, a great host. I'm the InSnyder Snyder, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Gameo, whatever it is. Um, thank you for watching, and I will see you next week on the Snyder Cut. Stay safe out there. Wear a mask, wash your hands. Goodbye, everybody.